Hello and welcome to the new Spiro podcast where we interview experts, authorities and characters on all things spearfishing. Come and join us after the show at noobspiro.com, the online spearfishing community helping you to become a better Spiro. Here are your hosts for the show, Shrek and Turbo. G'day, Noob Spiro. Today we're talking with David Oshua. Oshua. Yeah. He's a producer of Inhale, the Azores, and One Breath. The project was five years in the making, uh, starring Andre Dominguez, a five-time spearfishing champion. It's 83-minute, 12-chapter spearfishing romp through the Azores archipelago, which is located in the mid-Atlantic, 900 kilometers off the coast of Portugal. So welcome to the show, David. Hey, thank you, guys. So, um... David, just tell us a bit about yourself and, and spearfishing in Portugal. Well, um, yeah, starting from myself, I, I started spearfishing at a very young age when I was seven years old in, in the Azores. Um, and it's, it's funny because uh, Portugal, you have Portugal, the mainland, and then you have the Azores that are these islands in the middle of the Atlantic. And I started spearfishing in Azores that is basically it's it's the perfect place for you to start you have really really good conditions visibilities that can go up to 30 meters warm waters up to 25 um, degrees and basically you have a lot of medium small to medium sized fish it's it's a place where it's difficult for you to get uh, big fish uh, although inhale can be a little bit misleading uh, in, in the Azores for you to, to get like a wahoo or a, a big amberjack that are called reef donkeys in other parts. If you go to the Azores, you will not call them yep. reef donkeys. It's difficult for you to, to get this kind of fish. Um, and then you have Portugal, the mainland, that it's basically, it's pretty much the opposite. You have <laughs> cold waters. Yeah, it's it's tough here. Uh, I, I live in in Cascais, yep. and uh, for example, today it's it's kind of a good day, and you have like three meters visibility. Oh. If it's four meters visibility, it's it's good, wow. and you have to work your ass off to catch a one kilo uh, sea bream or a sea bass. If you get a two kilo sea bass, it was a really really good day. Of course, you have big fish, and if you go to other places, sometimes you can get some really, really nice um, snappers and sea bass or other kind of fish. But most of the time, it's very difficult, which is which is cool because it's uh, you you get to experience uh, different kind of conditions. And um, yeah, our, our call quality was just dropping out a little bit there, just a bit patchy. But that's sure. that's okay. Hey, um. So you got started in the Azores, you were spoilt, you said up yeah. to 30 metres vis and 25 degrees water temp. You started when you were seven, did you, did, um, did you, was it a family sport? Yeah, my, my father is a spearfisher and I had this uh, different kind of education, I guess. Uh, I was, I was gave a lot of freedom uh, since my early days and at seven years old, uh, my father would let me go spearfishing by myself Uh, so i i guess it could turn out not very well but yeah in my case i think i managed to survive and um, it was cool and deserves this is a good place for mate i I stalked you you. i stalked you on facebook and uh, i really like your facebook page because there's a lot of pictures of you (laughs) there you you can actually follow your your life as a as a spear fisherman like as you're growing (laughs) up and probably by the time you're 12, you've probably shot better fish than a lot of guys will shoot in a lifetime. Like, it's just incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. When I was, I think, 13 was the first time I um, I was by myself because we have a, a house in Flores Island. Yeah. And um, with uh, 13 years old, I basically spent three months just by myself with the boat and... It was it was awesome. That's amazing. Azores, it's it's a really really cool place, and spear fishing is definitely it's cool because my oldest memories, all of them are spear fishing moments. Wow. Things that I yeah it's 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 strange man. 
but 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 it's true. Is that a real um? Really, is it a real way of life on the island? Are you sort of unique on the island in terms of your family spearfishing, or is it something that everybody sort of is quite popular? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite popular. It's cool because in it's such a different lifestyle from the one you have here on on mainland, which is basically it's not really city life, but you have the the bad things of the city, stress and cars and everything. And you get on a plane, and in one hour, two hours tops, you are in these small islands. The smaller islands are the most beautiful, I wow. think. And um, it's it's really cool because in in the Azores, people there are people that love it and people who hate it. Unless you like nature and you're a spearfisher, uh, you won't like it. You have nothing to do there. And of course, all the people that live there. Everyone has a cow. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> everyone knows how to spear fishing. Um, so yeah, it's 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 pretty it's a pretty popular sport, um, before, and it's 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 a really good place. Before David, when you're talking about you know like it's a spear fishing paradise, I was thinking it was you had me salt, and then you mentioned the cows and Levi was salt. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Sorry, sorry, David. I'm, 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 I'm a country boy and I love cattle. And, and if you'd actually said sheep, uh, <laughs> Isaac loves sheep because he's a Kiwi. Hey, hey David, um, it sounds it, it sounds like you're pretty much self-taught. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, self-taught is like um, when you do things by yourself. Yeah. yeah well, like you didn't really have a mentor spearfishing. You just kind of just had a go. And did, did, did you have yeah. a mentor or did someone show you the ropes? Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have like a, a specific mentor. I most of the things I learned by myself, but I was very, very lucky to have some really, really good friends that are awesome spearfishers. For example, the first time I met uh, Andre Mish, which is uh, the main character from In Hell, yep. is a, a really, really, really good spearfisher, one of the best in the world for sure. And I met him. The first time that I did spearfishing in uh, the Azores, in St. George, that was the first time I met him. He's a little bit older than me. And uh, basically, this guy told me a lot of things about spearfishing, and he taught me very well. And I think I didn't have this specific mentor, but I had some really, really good friends. And uh, when you have friends that share the, the same passion, and if, if they are willing to improve and evolve, yeah. When you start sharing those experiences, I think it's much you, you improve much faster. I yeah. think. Yeah, I agree. It's a, yeah, it sounds like a great environment to um to become a good spirit. So, um, David, if if you had to pick a memorable fish story, um, a story that really sticks out for you, what which story would you tell? Um, yeah, I'm gonna tell this uh, story about um, a very big bluefish that I caught when I was. Uh, really young, I think. Yeah. Um, a bluefish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what a bluefish is? No, I, I, were they on the DVD? Yeah, yeah, it's on the cover, I think, on the back, uh, on the. What well, we back just side. happen to have it? Oh yes, this thing. Okay. It yeah. looks Like a big tail. Like a kingfish, sort of like type. Yeah, body. kind of. It looks. I reckon it looks uh, like a, a giant. It's. Uh, yeah, it's uh, those fish are. are um, it's cool because it's not a huge fish. Of course, we all got bigger fish than that. But it's funny because uh, when when I was young, at the beginning, um, I had a terrible uh, terrible accuracy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I I miss like every single fish. I think <laughs> I, yeah, I missed at least fifty shots before I shot my first fish, which was dead. And that was the time that I, okay, I can shoot a fish and then I start aiming better. And it's cool. The cool thing about this bluefish is um, I had a couple opportunities to shoot a very big bluefish when I was uh, young, like maybe eight, nine, ten years old, because these fish go to shallow waters when uh, there's uh, some water. Um, but I missed the fish and I teared some fish apart. And <laughs> when I was... Yeah, and I that was I was I get like super crazy. I, I remember when I lost my very 
B1 when I, it, I don't know, maybe nine years old, it was a fish like about 10 kilos. Wow. I cried. I literally, <laughs> I literally cried for two hours. Um, and yeah. this is true. And it was really cool because one day I was in, in Corvo Island, which is probably the best island to go spearfishing in the Azores. And I thing. had, yeah, and I had these uh, golden breams that are really, really shitty fish. I just got a couple of them to do some uh, bite for a guy that was fishing. Then I felt this uh, push on um, on my float because I always have my my buoy attached to the uh, screen. Yeah, you know, and it basically it was a very very big bluefish that was eating these golden brims that on uh, on my buoy, and I managed yeah, and that's how I managed to shoot my big fish. It was my biggest fish on that on that time, and I was super 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 happy. And it's <laughs> it's, it's it's this whole thing about spear fishing. It's it was one of my happiest moments yeah. in my life, and it's cool because it doesn't have to be. Uh, 100 kilos yellow fish. Yeah, yeah, you can get super excited with fish that for other guys it can be just dark fish, and it, it was a, a really good good time for me yeah, to that, catch that to to win that battle with them. That sounds <laughs> that time. sounds awesome. So you, you turned around, you felt a tug on your float, and uh, and this what one big bluefish was in there eating the fish on your float. Yeah, yeah, it was eating, uh, two of them were already gone, and then it was, I only had uh, this um, last fish that was already cut in half, yeah. you know, like, it was the same as a shark bite, you know, yep, yep. it was like a kilos fish, just angry, super excited bluefish just coming <laughs> towards me, awesome. and I managed to shoot it, and it was really, really, really cool. Did you stone it or did you? Where, whereabouts did you shoot him? Yeah, I I, I shoot him on the spine. Basically, I, I didn't think about anything. I just shot him on on the first place yeah. that I think it could handle. Okay. And uh, I was likely to shoot it in the spine, so it wasn't quite a, a big fight, but it was a, a cool moment. Awesome! That sounds like a great first fish at nine years old. I'd I'd be happy to do that at twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> So with all your early problems with accuracy, because a lot of our listeners probably have some of the same issues. I know I've had <clears> problems with accuracy. What what did you kind of? Um, how did your technique adapt? Was it was it your gun? Was it a, was it the, was it your technique? What was the problem? Yeah, I think in in the beginning it was truly a matter of mindset. I uh, and it happens sometimes even now uh, when you start missing a lot of fish, you start thinking thinking too much at least this is what i was doing mm. i was aiming the fish thinking that i was going to miss the fish and i missed and uh, it was fun because on the beginning it was really really hard and it was enough for me to shoot a fish that was already dead for me to change their mindset and start having the confidence to to shoot and it was just a moment that's great you know that's i didn't great. i wasn't able to shoot any fish and from that time i started so, um, sorry, okay. listeners, we've, awesome. it's, we've got a bit of a uh, Apache dial up there with Portugal. So, um, we'll just move okay. on anyway. David, would you want to tell us about a scary moment that you might have had in the last so many years you've been diving since you were seven? You must have had a couple of um, sort of scary moments yeah. that stick out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I never had this, like, super, super scary moment when I thought I was going to die but probably two years ago um, I was two months in uh, Cape Verde in Africa okay and um, Cape has some sharks but it's not a terrible place uh, for that matter but um, I I think on the third or first day that I was there I went spearfishing to this really quiet place basically it was a, a a, a really cool beach. Uh, I don't know, maybe 10 meters deep. It could go up to 15 meters, something like that. Okay. And um, I started uh, with, with a friend of mine, and I started shooting some uh, badges, the kind of uh, African hogfish. And they are fun to catch. And uh, the the water was not very very good in matters of visibility. Maybe I don't know, 10 to 15 meters the best yeah. and um, this uh, tiger shark uh, passed uh, just below me when I was with uh, this uh, edge on my hands 
Uh, but we kept diving and we put the fish on, on the float when we were trying to get back to shore. And basically this crazy three to four meters tiger shark start uh, attacking the, the fish that was on, on the float. Wow. And then he started charging at us. And oh, uh, wow. we had to, to stick him a few times. And uh, yeah, we just swim as fast as we could from shore. We, are, <laughs> we were kind of far away. It took like, I don't know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes to get back from shore uh, with this oh. shark chasing us and it ruined our float lines and buoys it was yeah it was it was a bad moment big, and big, then i learned tiger sharks tiger sharks are very scary oh, they've yeah. kind of got two modes don't they like one is like you can be in the yeah. water and they're completely placid and beautiful and just yep. awesome to be with and then the other mode is a hunter killer mode where like there's yeah. a bit of confusion and they're just they're a scary yeah. animal to be in the water with aren't they yeah, yeah. and they're, they're yeah. intelligent I, too yeah, yeah, they are intelligent for sure. And I think when they start eating, as soon as they get in that predator yep. mode and they start competing with you as uh, for food, you know, but basically we were trying to save our fish and uh, we were competing with, with him for the same fish. And when they get into that mode, when they start charging at you, yep. uh, basically they're saying just get away, give me that fish. And yeah, I think... They can be scary. What about um? So what about the Azores, David? You don't have um like big sharks, big tigers. What do you, do you experience? Yeah, anything? no, uh, yeah. Azores is uh, it's it's a very quiet place uh, in that matter. You don't have like many sharks. You can have some big micos if you're spearfishing far, far away from shore. But most of the times, I, I think they are smaller and it. It's, it's not very common. Cool, cool. Um, good to me, but... You have this other, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically it's 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 okay. Cool. All right. Um. So we got Barnacle Bob's Veterans Vault. Arr! It's time to open the Veterans Vault. So this is the part of the show where we ask our special guests to take us deep into an area of spearfishing expertise or passion that they would like to share about. We call it the Veterans Vault. So, David, I, I talked with you before the show. We were going to start talking about spearfishing as a lifestyle and changing the public's perception uh, and spearfishing perception about spearfishing. So, look, um, we talked broadly about it at the show. Like it, you, were, you were saying in Portugal, the public perception of spearfishing is, is, is not real good. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think in Portugal and I think in most of Europe too, I think we, we experience the, the same problems. Um, Spearfishing uh, is not a, a sport that has a very good image, and this is due to many different things, mostly due to spearfishers ourselves that are not uh, giving the best image, uh, at least I think, and that is changing. So mm. uh, what, what do you give that down to? Like uh, spearfish is not giving the, the best image. Like what, what are we doing wrong in your opinion? We have th this problem at the first point. Basically, it's not uh, beautiful to shoot a fish. You know, when, when you post a picture with a fish that is there on your hands, of course, it's most of the people will not like it. But the thing is, uh, you can see in uh, other parts of, of the world, uh, America, even Australia or other places, that there are brands and people concerned about giving uh, spearfishing a different perception and an image. Yep. You can see a fine skin diver. You have some big American brands that are starting to invest in spearfishing, making cool things about spearfishing and selling spearfishing as a lifestyle and this basically surfing was pretty much the same the surfers were not very well seen yeah yeah they were just a bunch of junkies and as soon start uh, surfing yeah it's true and as soon they start uh, selling this surfing lifestyle with beautiful locations and waves and yeah. hot cheeks and this really healthy uh, sustainable lifestyle it's true it's it's from that point that surf starting to to be the sport that it is today and i think uh, spearfishers should do the same because spearfishing is so much more than 
the act of shooting the fish. You know, when you film a, a fish being shot, of course, some people will not like it, and it's it's comprehensible. You know, the thing is, when you start showing spearfishing as the lifestyle as it is, uh, if I want to go meet you guys in Australia, of course, I want to shoot big fish, but our trip it's not uh, just about shooting fish. You know, yeah, you get no. to know awesome people around the world who share the same passion. You go to the same beautiful places. I, I've been in amazing places that I would never uh, have been there if it wasn't for spearfishing. Yeah. And uh, of course you have also the the question of the image itself. I, I started filming and photographing and working what I do today uh, because I spearfishing and I wanted to share awesome experiences that you can have when you are in the water and that's why I started spearfishing and you get to know fish's behavior, uh, you get to know yourself when you put in situations that you are basically you are testing yourself in most of the time when you're in the water either is with sharks or either when you're diving deeper and deeper when you're pushing the limits yeah um, it's it's a very personal thing you know yep. And uh, I think those are the matters that uh, other people that are not spearfishers can relate to. If you only sh show them this uh, evil act of killing fish, uh, people won't understand the, the essence of the sport. I think I think that's great, David. And and look, hats off to you because inhale the Azores in one breath is like it's 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 really like a, a spearfishing um, film. It's not just killing fish it's it's it captures the island the people the scenery that you know like the just the amazing location mm. and and it's got a lot of that spearfishing lifestyle in it so hats off to you and I, I like seeing these these films like this that are starting to come out now there's another guy Perrin James who who's done a few sort of similar videos and that the art's sort of coming into the film rather than just yep. just slaying fish I really like it we're working but, together now <laughs> Oh, oh wow! Yeah, that'll be. That'll, I'm, yeah. looking, I'm looking forward to seeing some of that. So we, we actually we want to interview him sometime in the future as well, David. Um, but look, just just a couple of practical takeaways for improving and cleaning up the image of the sport. Obviously, there's making films that just do more than just it's just a, a, a killing montage. Um, telling people a bit about you know like the journey, like going out in the boat and having a good time, laughing with your mates and. Um, there's, there's these sorts of things. With social media, is there some practical advice you can give to Spiros about how to clean the image of the sport up? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, there are a couple of things. Uh, another thing that I that I didn't say, and it's that is very, very important when, if, if you are talking about spearfishing or if you are trying to, to give a different perspective, is this uh, the matter about sustainability? Yeah. You know, because... Uh, for example, this uh, social media action—it's uh, not very good when when you post a photo with uh, 50 dead animals on the floor, and yep. um, which is not that bad because, of course, you won't uh, affect the ecosystem uh, spearfishing if you are a regular spearfisher. Uh, the thing is, of course, it's much worse. All the big uh, fishing boats—those are the ones that are killing uh, the ocean. But the thing is. For people that are not spearfishers, yeah. and those people are not very concerned in watching documentaries that uh, show the really bad actions that are, have been taken, but the image is that people will have, this. these are just a bunch of guys that like to shoot fish for pleasure, yeah. and now they're showing off these 50 dead animals that they don't even need them to eat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically I think this is one point, and the other one too is it should be a, a concern about the brands to invest in a, a different approach too, you know, because to spearfishing, yeah. if, if spearfishing gets more popular, we as spearfisher, spearfishers um, have a better view from the main audience, more people will start spearfishing, the brands will get more yeah. money, and if we do it in the right way, in the sustainable way, and everyone wins, you know. Yeah, I and uh, I noticed in the in the um, DVD that there was a particular groper that is uh, in the Azores is um, is not available to spearfishers. It's been sort of um, prohibited to take on a on a spear. Do you think that's yep. a, a knock on effect 
um, yeah. from bad publicity yeah. from Spiros? That's yep. That's the best point you could you could choose uh, to describe spearfishing in Europe because uh, the um, the Vesky grouper um, it's not it's not an endangered species. You have Vesky groupers in all Europe. Brazil have hundreds and hundreds of them. Any spearfisher can catch them. The cool thing here is um, the Azorian government decided. Uh, okay, let's protect the Vesky groupers. So, what did they do? They protected spearfishers to catch. If you want to catch a Vesky grouper, you get a fine that can go up to 10,000 euros, which wow. is a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And you can, get, you can get your boat and car apprehended. And okay, we will respect it if you want to protect the species. Spearfishers will be the first ones to understand that. But the cool thing is, if you get a rod or a pole on your hands, you can get uh, as many as the ski groupers as you want. Is a species that does not have quota in the Azores. So, uh, for example, for tuna, when the, go the quota gets to the limit, uh, professional fishers can't catch any more tuna. The ski groupers, you can catch them as many as you want, no problem. Um, and this is a very good point that shows how spearfishing is perceived. How can you um, forbid spearfishers to catch one single dusky grouper? And of course, there could be a law that you can catch one for you to eat per, per day, per person, like mm -hmm. whatever. No, you just forbid every spearfishers to catch. And uh, this is the, the most sustainable fishing method. Everyone mm -hmm. knows that we are the ones that cause less environmental impact. Although the law, the law is done and that's what it is. Yeah, that's really good. Look, our, our governing body here in Australia have got a, a simple slogan they use to help promote a good image. It's safe, sustainable and selective. And I, and I think that is something that we want to push. And I noticed on your DVD cover uh, that it, it mentions how sustainable it is as a fishery. And, and studies have been done. We, we are a more selective bunch. We, uh, we shoot bigger fish, but we shoot less of them generally. Um, so you know it's it's good it's a good talk, um, David. Look, mo moving on to the next section in the show. What's the what's a funny, really funny story you have about spearfishing? Oh, <laughs> Must be some terrible stuff. I'll, going I'll, on I'll in tell Portugal. you about a quick funny story while we're waiting for you to think of yours. We're yeah. <laughs> we're, we're out. We we've been doing this podcast for a while now, and um, one of the American guys was talking to us about the pole spear and how great they were and. So Turbo here, he's headed straight out and spent $300 on a, <laughs> on a rigid-ditch, awesome, high-quality pole spear. I was going to be a world champion, mate. He was going to be the world champ. You know, I'm going to get all these world records and blah, blah, blah. We headed out to uh, a good spearfishing spot, fairly shallow sort of water, 12 to 15 metres, um, like a good, nice spearfishing depth. And um, he, he's had this pole spear for about an hour, before packing a tantrum, climbing up on the boat with it, throwing it on the ground and saying, this, this sucks, and just picking his spear gun up. And, and that, that poor old um, sling, that Hawaiian sling, has just sat there with cobwebs all over it ever since. Mate, it was, it was terrible. Like, I got this thing. I was, I was talking, you know, you know Cameron Kirk Connell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate. I've been watching him, and he's just shooting big tuna with a pole spear, and I'm, like, getting right into it. So, yeah, I've, I've ducked out. I've, I've spent the money, and I just can't Pole spear is... It's... Yeah. Pole spear is what you use when you are in a place that you have so many fish that a regular <laughs> spear gun, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, you yeah. I like that. make it more difficult for you to have fun. I like if that. you it's go good. to the Azores with a pole spear... You will have to work your ass to catch. <laughs> you won't get any tuna with a pole spear. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it can be tough. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. So mm. while I've told that awesome story about Turbo, um, which is just one of me, <laughs> by the way, have you have you figured out a story to tell? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think <laughs> it doesn't matter how dirty it is. Oh. Yeah, basically we. I have this uh, this uh, friend that um, his uh, his his dream was to Should we give him catch... a name? Should we give him a name, Steve? Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. Let's call him Steve. 
Oh, you can follow him, Rodrigo. He, he will know. He'll probably hear this too. And um, <laughs> we <laughs> we were in in the Azores, and he he have never seen uh, a dusky grouper, and um, so we we call them bully cows too. You know what the bully cow is? No. Yeah, bully cow is this um, cake. You know, like Dan cake. Those really big brands that have these cakes with chocolates that are made industrially okay. and uh, well basically it's a cake that has chocolate inside and when you talk about chocolate it's bully cow and as these fish are brown we call them bully cows too and um, <laughs> we were yeah we, we were testing this this gun on on a harbor that a, a, a friend of ours made a, a wooden gun and he was spearfishing by himself, making some shots. And I was super... I had to take this huge shit. And basically... <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Good, good stuff. Uh, you can put the P on, on that, yeah. probably. <laughs> so, sorry, my vocabulary. That's I, I good, didn't know good. other word. And... Um, Basically, I did my fecal matters in, in the water and it was just floating all over the place. And it, it's kind of similar to a bully cow too. If, if you're confused, you, you'll understand. They understand. And basically, I start screaming at him. There's a huge bully cow here. You have to see this. Come, come, come. And then he was, the, as these fish are always on the bottom, he was so focused on watching the bottom for a cave that might have, a, that he didn't see all the bully cows that were on the surface. And, and yeah, basically we start laughing and when he started looking at us, he had like to swim this three or four meters of bully cow around him. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was funny. <laughs> that's very uh, that's funny. Awesome. Very nasty, but something that I'm going to have to do to turbo. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, sorry, it was the, the, the last bad story that I have, I think. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's something that we haven't actually talked about on the show is going to, going to the toilet when you're out on a boat at sea. And it's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's one of those awesome. realities, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the best place, man. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes if I can do that on my place... If I go spearfish, I hang and I do it <laughs> near. It's the best place, man. It's <laughs> <Blue> toilet. <laughs> oh, okay, shit. so Pedro. See, it's time for Noob Spiro's Fast Five Facts. Ay, ay, ay. The Fast Five Facts for Noobs is five pieces of advice that you'd give to someone starting out that you wish you had had when you started out. So... What, what five bits of advice would you give, David? If you are seeing too many fish, you can shoot a dead fish. Just for you to know, you can shoot a fish. This is what I did to get my accuracy better. Um, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that's terrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's carrying well, on. Let me think. Um... What one piece of advice, like all of our guests seem to give us to relax, but I guess for you, like you, you relax that much that it's time to go to the toilet. Just bully cow. Yeah. <laughs> bully yeah, cow. Yeah, yeah. It's it's true. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, I totally agree. Um, so, so relax, relaxing is crucial, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Of course, you can. You have all these advices that people should already know about. Uh, of course, you have to be super relaxed. You have to try to... You have to be relaxed, kind of. It depends. I think you have to set your mindset to the conditions that you are spearfishing in. Uh, for example, if you are spearfishing here in Portugal with a two meters uh, swell, uh, you can't be too relaxed because you'll get your ass kicked and you roll, roll over on rocks with a big wave. No. Uh, if you are spearfishing in Australia with dozens of sharks, maybe you don't want to get super relaxed. Otherwise, if you are diving deeper on a, more, on a safer environment, uh, of course, you can relax. You need to relax uh, to, in order to, to have a better breath hold. But yeah. 
I, I think, yeah, maybe maybe a good advice is for you to be um, very, how can I say, um, attend to, you have to, um, to be very aware of the environment you are in yep. and uh, try to adapt to the conditions. Yep. Uh, and, and I think it's good to spearfish in, in different conditions. Yep. You don't need to spearfish. Yeah, I think maybe this could be another advice. Uh, people, you are always uh, watching footage of these crystal clear blue waters with hundreds and hundreds of fish that are super easy to get. Mm. Uh, it can be funny and challenging uh, spearfishing in, in places that it's not uh, so easy to, to get a fish. And I think you, you'll be a better spearfisher if you are used to, to go uh, spearfishing in different conditions. Yeah, you know, cool. even with murky waters, smaller fish. Um, I think there, there are a lot of countries that really, um, they even make fun of the, the kind of spearfishing that we do here in Europe or in other places. You, ha you have guys in Greece spearfishing at 60 meters deep to catch uh, 500 grams sea bream. Yeah. That, that's crazy but they have you have to give their them credit too you know yeah, uh, yeah. it's difficult it's, uh, it's not just for being a small fish sometimes a small fish can be harder to get than uh, a big fish mm. and of course you should always uh, spearfish with with a friend and it's not enough for you to go with with a guy uh, in the water i've spearfished with different people and uh, it's not just having a friend there that is going to to save your life uh, you have to to be in the water with the person that you can trust and uh, that person must be actively concerned about what you're doing and you should do the same for them That's and it's good. it's it's super easy uh, for you to have a uh, distraction and that's when bad things happen. So I think it's not enough just to be with someone on the water. You have to be actively concerned about them. That's good. Like it. Have we got uh, Have we got five yet, Brown? No, we, we need two more. Yeah, uh, let me see. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing well okay. so far. I, I was talking yesterday with a friend and he went out on a different with a different boatload of guys... Um, the other day and he was talking about how good they work together as a team and like the same sort of points you were talking about like you choose a buddy who's actively concerned about you and, and you do the same for them and I think yeah. it's the same and on a boat you work as a team for sure for sure and it's um, it's not easy you know uh, from all the people that I dove with maybe I just have a couple of guys that I can really really trust uh, this is this my is life. this is coming from the guy that lets his mate swim through his shit. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine just coming up from a big dive, just straight into a big cloud of big, bully cow. Big breath. <laughs> With a big bit of David's poo point. on your mask. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe other. It's, it's not really a, an advice, but I think it's a point. Um, you don't need to dive super deep uh, in, order, in order to to get a decent fish or even to have fun. You know, I, it seems like uh, spearfishing is, is evolving in this way. Like, you always have to get the biggest fish. You have to try to break the world record so you can have fun and be a good spearfisher. You don't have to do that. I think we should try to do kind of the, the same. If, if you see, the, for example, the surfing slogans, you know, the, the best surfer is the one that is having more fun and uh, you have this footage of a really uh, big fat guy dropping on a half meter wave and he's having the time of his life. And yeah, yeah. I think fishing should be the same. Yeah. It's good for you to improve your skills if you want to and that's that's a natural thing you know we i think we as human and people we always try to get better but uh, it shouldn't be an obsession 
and it's something that you can see here in Europe and there are people dying every year in, in Europe and in the Azores, Azores is a, there are so many people that die there and it's, it's always the same, is pushing the limits too hard and uh, you get a blackout, most of the deaths I, I, are because of that. Wow. So I think I think it's it's healthy for you to try to to improve and and get better, but it it shouldn't be an obsession. Uh, I think you should take your time and you can have fun uh, without having to dive thirty or forty meters deep. It's that, I don't know. That's a that's a great point. Leave your ego at the door is, is basically what I'm getting yep. out of it. And uh, look, yep. I, I love diving with Turbo David because he's exactly like that. Here's a guy that struggles to dive past fifteen feet. <laughs> You know, five, five meters. He barely ever shoots a fish. Every when, week you come up with this. When he does, when he does shoot a fish, it's normally the dumbest fish in the Pacific Ocean. And uh, look, it's probably not a desirable species that you can even eat. But he, he'll eat it, or he'll swap it with the neighbour for some scones. It's but, super um, fish. Yeah. Oh, man. Every week he he pulls that joke out. It's just like tiresome. You know, I'm just waiting for it. At, at, at what? Probably. He got to the 51 minute mark in the um, interview before he pulled that one out. So I think that's a good effort for him. All right, mate. I think we, I think we got uh, five points. Oh well, it, that was just more of an open discussion, but it was it was excellent anyway. So um, so number one, we sort of had you know stay relaxed and and set your mindset to your conditions. Um, relax for your breath hold. But also uh, number two, that leads us into number two, is, is um, get used to your conditions and, and sort of um, get your mind around the conditions you're diving and be prepared for that. Adapt. Adapt, yep. And number number three, spearfish with a friend or a buddy that you can trust because um, it's the only way really to stay safe. Yep. Um, number four, don't push your limits for any fish just for, for the sake of um, shooting trophies. And um, and get out of the mindset. I think you were saying of of just being this competitive guy that has to be the deepest diver that hunter. shoots the biggest fish. Just yeah. have fun. And and uh, and and number five was um, yeah. Well, that leads us into number five. Spearing's fun, so just just enjoy it. Cool. Yeah. That's a pretty good fast five. It wasn't that fast though, David. But that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> so you're right, man. Hey, um, crucial kit for noobs. If, what, what piece of equipment is absolutely essential for a Spiro starting out? And, and what brands would you recommend for that particular piece of equipment? Besides the Azores DVD. <laughs> <laughs> of course, anyone that wants to go to the Azores, they have to see in hell. Hey, look, man, and in all seriousness, I've only seen like the first 10 minutes of it, but I'll be watching all of it a couple of times, and I, it sold me on wanting to go there. And, and have yeah, yourself, you've so. done a good job. You've done yeah, a great and, job. And if you need anything from, from the Azores, you just, yeah, you, you can talk with us. Cool. We we are spearfishing guys there. We I work a lot as uh, as basically guide for everything, but uh, we can help you in any way. Just ask us. It's it's okay cool. to the show or breathless or inhale. Just um, so this piece of equipment. Yeah, it, it, it's difficult. If there are there are so many of them that you can't spearfish without. I guess yeah. I guess another way to look at the question is when you started out, David, what piece of equipment gave you the most trouble, and sort of what sort of point of view did you what what decision did you come to about what gear is absolutely it. essential? From from a general view, at least I have this point: all the gear, the simpler, uh, the better. You know, uh, sometimes people and brands they they start adding things that you don't need and you will have problems with them. You, you can see, for example, experience with all these new little devices and thingies that they that can break and that can make a spear gun not shoot very well. Um, I, I think, yeah, maybe, maybe spear guns. Um, it's, uh, of course, I think it's very difficult for you to get a fish spear fishing without a spear gun so yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've tried so which, which brands do you recommend what did you start with where did you kind of yeah, where, I, where, where are you now yeah uh, basically I used 
so many different brands and uh, you have lots of of good brands i i started my first spear gun was a, a bosha and i'm still using it it's a very very small one and um i think for example of course you have very good uh, spear guns for blue water you know you have the rifles and everything but for the spear fishing that we do here in europe um if we are using uh, bigger guns, if we have good visibility, visibility, most of the time I use Rob Allen. That is, it's a, a very trusty one, uh, spear gun. It's simple and it works well. And uh, I think you don't really need like those super huge guns to get uh, good fish. You have cases where you need it, but for example, in the Azores, most of the times you won't be needing those. Cool. And um, of course, I, I have you have this elite that uh, is the um, the brand that is sponsoring me now, okay. and uh, they have good spear guns, but their wetsuits are probably the best they have. Okay. And um, yeah, I think it's difficult to choose a specific uh, piece, but I think a good advice maybe just keep it the simple as simple as you can and uh, not have anything attached. To your body <laughs> yeah just yeah cool yeah no i like it we um i had a guest from a from a fan of the show the other day he, he had a question his name was josh goodman he, he asked about roller guns do you have much knowledge on roller guns yeah. david yeah roller guns are yeah it's it's a really really good concept um i tried one the first time i don't know maybe eight years ago in, in the Azores. there's this guy spanish guy that is completely crazy about uh, spear guns. His name is uh, Javier uh, Fernandez. He's, he has this pool just uh, to test spear guns. And it's very good because the, the roller gun, um, basically, you can have um, a smaller gun with a roller gun with, um, how can I say? Greater the range. shot that you have. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, the, the range are so much bigger yep. you know you can get an accurate shot um more more far away than with a regular gun and you also have this um the kick that the gun uh, has yep. i don't know how you guys call it yep. um basically if you are shoot recoil yeah that's it uh, there are guns with so much less recoil and of course when you don't have so much recoil uh, it's easier for you to have an accurate shot and uh, i think it's it's a kind of spear gun that it still has some work to do. You see, it's a kind of a recent concept, and there are people and brands uh, testing them into many different conditions. But uh, I think I think it's a very very good concept. Uh, in the beginning, it was something that I thought that it would be really good good for uh, the kind of spear fishing that we do here in Europe because it has uh, such a longer shot. But uh, I thought it didn't have so much inertia, you know, yeah. so it would be difficult for a roller gun to penetrate a big fish. But uh, now you are seeing like 140 centimeters roller guns catching really, really big fish. So I think it's a concept that is changing. And uh, I think it's a it's a, a kind of gun that uh, you can use to catch really, really big fish. What, what are uh, I think it's a cool concept. Yeah, well, what are the what are the things that would stop you from from oh, buying ah, a yeah. gun? Yeah, um, there are nothing really in specific. There are specific kinds of spear fishing that I will not use. For example, uh, the roll guns are heavier guns, you know, and uh, they are less um, hydrodynamic. For example, nice. for yep. The, the, the kind of spearfishing that we do here and people do around the world too, if you are spearfishing with uh, two or three meters visibility, you don't need a, a super long shot. It's better for you to have uh, a spear gun that is lighter and it's simple and it's smaller um, because you have much more um, mobility and um, it would be easier for you to shoot fish that are super, super... Uh, they have a lot of... How can I say fish that are scared of you, you know? Yep. Most of the time here you have like one or two seconds the most for you to aim at a fish mm. and then he's gone. 
Okay. And uh, maybe this is a scenario where I wouldn't choose uh, a roller gun. If you're spearfishing with bad visibility and with swell, that is always getting your gun from your hands. Yep, yep. Okay, well, thanks for answering that for Josh Goodman. That, that That's good. He's given, you've given us all something to think about with roller guns. So, look, um, now's the part of the show where I like to um, just just give our audience an opportunity to connect with you, um, David. So you've got a Facebook page uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. before the show, so they can find you at yeah. Breathless Productions on Facebook. Yeah, or personally, David Oshua, either way. And, and you've also got a Facebook page for the Azores inhale and one inhale Azores in the one breath. Yeah, Sorry yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> cool. And, and uh, look, we actually backed that project from the Indiegogo oh, yeah. campaign. Yeah, so, I know. So, Thank you so much, guys. And uh, look, that, that was a great project to back, Dave. We love seeing stuff like that. I hope yeah. you do another sort of crowdsource DVD in the future. So. Um, we, we, we pre-purchased the thing. Turbo's got a shirt. He can't Come stop wearing. wearing it. I think he's worn it for four <laughs> days in a row now. So <laughs> it, it, it smells, but um, it's, it's still a cool pretty, shirt. It's pretty, pretty uncomfortable in the studio right now. <laughs> <laughs> so people can purchase the Azores uh, Inhale and what? Uh, sorry, Inhale <laughs> the Azores and One the Breath. They can purchase clown. that DVD. Where can they get that yeah, from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where can yeah, they buy it? Yeah, basically, they can go directly to our uh, Facebook page, uh, Inhale, and they can talk uh, directly with us. And uh, next week, we'll have our website on, uh, breathless.pt, and uh, then there will be a place uh, for them to buy too. So either our Facebook page, if you want to get in touch with us this week, or after next week, we'll have our site on. So either way. This, this show will probably go live in about a month, David, just to give you some insight. So by then, your uh, yeah. your, your website yeah, will be well sure. and truly running, so people will be able to purchase off breathless.pt. And uh, look, I've only, like I said, I've only watched 10 minutes of the DVD so far. I've been a bit pumped for time this week. But what I've seen, it's just absolutely yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> All right, so they can connect with you on Facebook. They can find you on your website. Um, is it, have you got any other message for our audience, David? I think it always go to the same. Just have fun doing what what you love, and basically, I think that's that's the point where all you're here talking about. Yeah, for sure. Just have fun and being sustainable. Sustainable, I love that's that. Good. That's and, a good and, message. And and go for a poo <laughs> and and try and get your mates <laughs> yeah. to come over into it. That's cool. All right. That's no. what I mean when I say having fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I plan on having fun. Even if it's at your dive buddy's expense, that's great. Now, thanks for coming on the show, David. It's been a real pleasure to have you on. We we, we haven't interviewed anyone from Portugal, so really, really awesome to have Pumped. you on the show. Awesome. Thanks, David. Thank thanks you so for, much, Thanks guys. for speaking with us. Cool. Thank All you. right, so um, we'll, we'll link up those things on the show notes. Noob Spiro, come, come and have a look at David's um, website and DVD. Thanks for listening today, Noob Spiro. If you'd like to find out any more information from today's guest, then head over to noobspiro.com. We really appreciate you guys as listeners. Without you, we couldn't do the show. So if you want to help us out, leave us a review on iTunes or head on over to noobspiro.com and uh, sign up for our newsletter. We won't send you crap. So that's all from us. A big hooroo. We hope to see you soon. Shrek over and out. <laughs>